everyone. Welcome back to Forward, the podcast for Christian growth. My name is Kenneth, and I want to welcome you to the show today. Today we're going to be talking about something uh, that's come up quite a few times in just in my business and talking with friends. And uh, the title of it is, What is Our Ism or Our Ist? Or a better way to put it is, Why do we turn to man for our beliefs and not the Bible? So as you know, as modern Christians, we we tend to have our our favorite pastors, our favorite authors of books, um, our favorite teachers. Um, we even turn to bloggers, podcasters like myself, and YouTubers. You know, um, and they become our favorites. We love listening to them. We love the messages they bring. But you know, in turn, we we tend to take what we learn from these people and uh, attempt to impose it on our reading of the Bible. You know, if we even read our Bible at all. You know, I read a survey the other day that said 70% of us don't read our Bibles. So we have no clue as to whether anyone is telling the truth. Um, But instead of taking what we read from their Bible and applying it to our teachers, our pastors and bloggers and things, we do the exact opposite. We're trying to read into the Bible. You know, so we need to be doing it the other way around. So what I want to do today is kind of look at two things that's come up in you know my daily life dealing with people and talking with people um, that, that I think is very important hopefully you will too um, so let's look at two different beliefs and kind of see how they're affecting us as a whole one of them is from well both of them is kind of from a, a long time ago but we're gonna uh, apply it to nowadays so now I know you know what we're gonna talk about would not endear me to some even my own friends you know, but, you know, the Bible says the one who speaks truthfully to you loves you. And I want to tell you the truth and I want to, uh, I want to show you that I love you by telling the truth. So our first that we're going to talk about is an ism and it's Calvinism. I have some friends that are Calvinists and, uh, some acquaintances and I know a lot of people, uh, believe in John Calvin. Um, I, for one, don't have any beliefs as far as John Calvin, Arminianism, any of that. You know, I try to take what I learned from, from the Bible itself, and I believe what it says. But Calvinists tend to, uh, one thing that I don't agree with what they believe is uh, predestination. Um, in a nutshell, it's, you know, before we were ever born, before the world was ever created, um, they believe that uh, you're already destined to either go to heaven or hell. You You have no choice in the matter. Um, there is no free will, and God has already destined you to go one way or the other. I believe if you read your Bible from Genesis to Revelations, you know nowhere in there do you see that type of predestination, not for salvation, not at all. Um, but a lot of times I like to look into why people believe the way they believe. Why did John Calvin um, believe that? Why did he bring this forward and make that one of his... Uh, one of his doctrines that he believed and others follow into them. Um, but first, let's look at some of the verses that they use to uh, to kind of uh, as a foundation for their beliefs. One is Romans 8:29, and I'm going to read it here just for uh, just so you know that there's a lot of verses we got today. I'm going to give them to you, but uh, I won't read them on air today. But Romans 8:29 says, "For those he foreknew." He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. Now let me read you, uh, first just taking that sentence by itself, there's no way you can get predestination out of it. There's no way you can say that this has to do with salvation. You know, do we believe that God 
knows from the foundation of the earth who is going to accept his son Jesus? I, I do. I do believe that he knows exactly who's going to choose his son. You know, who's going to believe? If not, he wouldn't be God. So the first part of this verse, for those he foreknew, doesn't bother me at all. I know that he knows. But knowing and forcing is two different things. Now, to continue in the verse, he says, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. There's no comma at the predestined. There's no pause. There's nothing. The only predestined here is to be conformed to the image of his son. So, once you accept Jesus Christ, he is predestined you to slowly change into the image of his son. You want to be as much like Jesus and the way he was as possible. Will we reach it on earth? Of course not. You know, but one day we will. The rest of the verse goes so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. So that's just saying that we are going to be in the family of Christ once we are saved. But let me read you that uh, the verse, the verse ahead of it and the verse afterwards, and it kind of makes even more sense. So if you start at 28 and read down, it says, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. Now, I kind of emphasize the word called right there. You know, you know, called, the Holy Spirit calls us. And in fact, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit's in the world to convict us of sin, you know, and to bring us towards Jesus. You know, that called is not predestination. If you read the verse ahead, that verse right there, before you get to 29, you know what's coming up next. So 29 talks, uh, once again, for those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many, among many brothers. And those he predestined, so predestined to be just like the image of his son, he also called, which they, he just mentioned in 28, for those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. Now you notice he's doing all that. He's doing the justifying, he's doing the glorifying. He's also calling you. You know, you have to actually choose to accept. And so therefore, your free will. Now, another thing the uh, Calvinists like to use is Romans 9. Um, they say that whole chapter talks about predestination. Now, I'm gonna have to, you're going to have to read that for yourself because it's, it's not a long chapter, but it's more than what this broadcast is going to be into. But uh, in essence, it's talking about the clay, how some clay is used for some purposes um, and some clay is used for other, you know, honorable and unhonorable. It also talks about Pharaoh, his heart being hardened and things like that. This whole chapter, in fact, you need to read chapter 10. You can't just take 9 alone. You need to read chapters 10 and 11 along with it. It's talking about service, how different vessels are used for different services for God. I do believe he can use us for different services. But nowhere in those three chapters does it talk about salvation. Um, in fact, it plays into a question my wife had for me. She's a fairly new Christian. Um, and it goes back to the Pharaoh, the harden of his heart and stuff like that. Was Pharaoh ever given a chance to be saved? You know, if God used him um, as a service on earth. You know, my wife asked me, you know, how about the people that never hear the gospel? Those in jungles and those on faraway islands and things like that. So my first question to her was, you know, do you believe that God is a good and just God? And of course she said yes. I said, do you believe he is also powerful? And she, of course, said yes. I said, then you have to believe that he's going to use every means possible to bring people to him. I mean, he has so many tools. It's not just the evangelists coming from America or 
other Christian nations that's going to be speaking to these people. He's got visions. He's got angels. He's got all manner of things that he can bring these people to him. And as soon as they want to know about God, then he's going to teach them about his son Jesus. In fact, in Revelation, it talks about angels going to and fro telling people about God and also not to take the mark. Um, in Revelation, there's 144,000 set aside to go preach this gospel. So don't put God in a box uh, when it comes to that. I do believe that uh, Pharaoh had his chance because I believe in a loving, just God. Now, was he used as a vessel here on earth? Uh, to glorify God and his people? Yes, he was. But there's no predestination for salvation in that. You can't read all of the Bible and come away with that. Now, when it comes to these beliefs and things like that, like I said, I, I want to look as to why someone would believe that. Why could they read the Bible and get a totally different message than, than what is in there? Now, as far as Calvin, you know, what would Calvin's motivation be for pushing for his type of predestination? You know, to me, um, I believe if the predestination he believed in was true, then he was assured, if he was assured a place in heaven because of his predestination, then his actions on her earth here could be justified. You know, um, he could do whatever he wished, and he would know that he had his ticket to heaven, so to speak. I mean, it's a verifiable fact that between the years 1541 and 1546, he caused the execution of 58 people. You know, anywhere from drowning to burning at the stake. You know, there's nowhere in the Bible where Jesus said, hey, if they don't believe what you believe, then kill them. Nowhere. He believed in mercy. This is the time of mercy. But John Calvin believed that um, for even a minor offense, someone could be drowned or burned at the stake. You know, um, and that is not what Jesus taught. Well, with his form of predestination, he could do these things because he knew that he was going to heaven and that his word would be the final word here on earth. Um, well, what about the Jews? What did, what did John Calvin believe about the Jews? I'm going to read you a quote that he said. Um, he said, There, the Jews here, their rotten and unbending stiff-neckedness deserves that they be oppressed unendingly and without measure or end, and that they die in their misery without the pity of anyone. Now let me ask you this. Does that sound like anything that our Lord Jesus Christ would teach? I believe a true Christian would say no. You know, that is not what uh what Jesus would have taught any of us. And anybody even just glancing through the New Testament could find that. So that tells me John Calvin had ulterior motives for what he wanted. He wanted something that fit his views. He was trying to fit the Bible into his views. And that's what we're doing when we choose these beliefs and these favorite pastors and these teachers. We're taking their beliefs and conforming the Bible to it instead of taking the Bible and judging these individuals. So that's what I wanted to say on Calvinism. Um, there's a lot of isms out there, a lot of beliefs, um, anywhere from Jehovah's Witnesses to Mormons and things like that, that you need to really look into. You know, Read your Bible and then you'll know exactly what's going on. Now, the second thing I want to talk about is more about division. Um, it's come up in many conversations with friends and acquaintances of mine about the different denominations of the Christian uh, the Christian belief or religion. I, you know, I'm not an advocate of division. I don't believe God is either. He wants us to be one big family. Um, if I could ask one question to, to all Christians in the world, it would be, you know, when Jesus returns, 
will he be happy with the way we've divided his family? Now, I can see some reasons for denominations. You know, um, there's some people out there that don't believe or teach what the Bible teaches. So you have to separate yourself from them. You know, but I think we've also um, divided ourselves unnecessarily in some areas. I mean, we have so many different divisions. You know, Baptists, Methodists, Lutherans, Church of God, Church of Christ. You know, every which way we can divide ourselves, we've tried to do so. And that's just the devil inside um, our churches. That's just the, the devil inside the family of Christ trying to keep us to where we have no power here on earth. Um, so that's my thoughts on denominations and the divisions we create amongst ourselves. You know, we get in our own little cliques, try to believe our own little things. Um, and a lot of times those beliefs are wrong. You know, and we tend to treat others um, as if they're lesser because they have a different belief. So what do we do? How do we... How do we judge rightly? How do we know what's right and what's wrong? Well, since we're born in sin, it's hard for us to tell the right from the wrong. There's only one individual that knows right from wrong, and that's God. So one thing I do and I try to do and uh, has helped me is to pray for wisdom. God says in his word that if you ask for it, he'll give it to you. So pray for wisdom so that you'll know the right from the wrong. Now, when it comes to these different you know, favorite pastors and teachers and stuff like that, Number one, read your Bible, you know, and read it often. You know, if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, He's going to urge you to read it anyway, so that you kind of know the truth and you can get wisdom. Number two, judge your pastors, your teachers, your bloggers by what the Bible says, by the Word of God. Don't judge the Word of God by what your teachers say. You know, don't definitely not by what I say. You know, go check it out yourself. I tell my own children. You know, don't trust what I tell you here during our devotion time or during our teaching time. You have a Bible, I bought you one, go look it up for yourself. You know, I want you to be able to discern the false teacher, you know, from the good shepherd. One thing I pray to God about is that I would be a good shepherd. You know, I don't want to be a false teacher. I don't want to be lumped in with that. So anyway, that's what we talked about that we were talking about today is is mainly to read your Bible so you can find out what the truth is. Um, I would advise you to stay away from Calvinism. Um, it is a uh, it is a backward and hateful belief, and needs to be uh, it needs to be examined closely by those who believe in it. I want to remind you to, to come to our Facebook page. We have uh, you know Forward Christian Growth is on Facebook. We also have these podcasts on iTunes, so you can take them with you wherever you go. Um, I thank you for spending time with us today, and I hope you have a great week. And we'll be talking again soon.